You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash Zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Zabe. Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. MyBookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZabeCast, I've maintained my position on Monday Night Football as being test-neutral. But a detailed blog post about why he is so awful might have changed my mind. Notorious J.A.Y. joins me. He wants to chime in on the charge conversation about TV shows. All that plus Don Cherry goes down in Canada. Cancel culture alive and well. Your bonus super early morning edition of me is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Wednesday, November 13, 2019. Thank you for downloading and thank you for downloading yesterday's podcast, which did not include that usual sort of splash intro with the teaser. I struggle with this. Is that something that is of any value to you loyal listeners and downloaders? Is it a creative flourish, a bit of production that is of any use whatsoever? Or is it just a waste of time? I mean, why tease something I'm about to talk about in just a couple of seconds? Because you've already committed to listening to this podcast, right? It'll be there. Just shut up and listen. I don't know. You let me know. Feedback. Always say at yahoo.com. Welcome and appreciated. Both good, bad, and in between. Don't be abusive, but be helpful. 
So, I have described myself as test neutral, and oh boy, what a game on Monday night that turned out to be. That was some entertaining stuff. Are you not entertained? I was thoroughly entertained. I was also very frustrated and frankly sick at watching what the Niners have now become with a very nimble plan to pivot out of misery to get out of the disastrous Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula business. I think that was the sequence of coaches after Harbaugh. List of great prep work. Hey, look, it's stream of consciousness. List of Niners head coaches Wikipedia. The good news is Wikipedia is open 24-7, 365, and it's absolutely free, even though they ask for money all the time. Uh, yeah, Tom Sula, Chip Kelly, and then now Kyle Shanahan. Okay. I had it right the first time. Why doubt myself? They have nimbly pivoted out of the misery of Chip Kelly and being bad, and now Kyle Shanahan has them going very much in the right direction. They got the break, I don't want to say the century, but boy, did they get they got a favor from the not from the uh, Patriots. They got a great quarterback for relatively little in return. A second rounder, I want to say, for Jimmy Garoppolo. And he has not been like Tom Brady reincarnate, but he's been very good. And now they have had to pay him, of course, top dollar, which is what you have to do with quarterbacks in this league. But still, they got the quarterback. They've got speed. They've got this big bucket of running backs that can all move and terrorize you. They don't even have a WR1 that would be considered an elite target. If they get that and combine it with George Kittle, win healthy, holy shit. And Kyle Shanahan designs some very elegant, cutting-edge offenses. I do give him full credit for that. I also give him credit for being a snot-nosed little kid who luckily grew up in his dad's hardware store, known as the NFL, and is making a name for himself. Am I jealous that my dad didn't coach in the NFL? No, not, not at all. Well, sort of, yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah, you, you wouldn't have been any good. Eh, I don't know. Give me a shot. Put me around the NFL as I was waist-high to uh, you know, a dog. And, and let me just see how it works out. I mean, Belichick's dope-smoking kids are now getting major props in New England because they're more and more involved in the business, just like Belichick was with his dad. There's nothing wrong with teaching your kid the business. Okay, so anyway, I'm a little bit jealous about how good the Niners look, and defensively, Jesus, they are absolute savages. And I know you're going to say, well, the Red, your Redskins played them close in a nine-point game, 9 nothing." you got to throw that game out. That was a monsoon. That didn't even count. On a dry field, the Niners would have won by 50. But I digress. So the game last night was thrilling, amazing, and of course it featured Tess and Boog and the Monday night presentation, which it's lacking. I grant you that. It's lacking. I'm Boog minus. I'm Tess neutral. But maybe this article is changing my mind. This piece written by John Tetty of the AV Club, which is part of the struggling Gizmodo Enterprise, the same company that owns all the other websites, Deadspin, Gizmodo, oh no, uh, whatever the co- parent company that, <laughs> Deadspin, let me click on Deadspin, click open new link, see if anything's been posted, uh, who's now writing for them, I don't know, uh, last post was 11-4, <laughs> yeah, that's right, everyone quit, okay, so the AV Club, Pop Culture Obsessives writing for the Pop Culture Obsessed, part of the group that owns 
them, Deadspin, Gizmodo, Jalopnik, Jezebel, Kotaku, Lifehacker, The Root, The Takeout, Clickhole, The Onion, and The Inventory. <clears throat> John Tetty, never heard of him, writes quite beautifully about just what it is about Monday Night Football that ain't working. The Sorry State of Monday Night Football, a review in four quarters. <laughs> Tessator is a merchant of schmaltz, writes Teddy. He can fill any crevice in an NFL pancake with warm, earnest syrup, a metaphor I now regret. Clichés are a given in football announcing, but few commentators imbue NFL banalities with the portentous sentimentality that Tessator brings to bear. It's a habit that has a ripple effect on Monday Night Football. Of course, some would say that uh, that writing also insists upon itself. I like it. Fancy, a bit flourishy, a bit showboaty, a bit a bit much of dribbling through the legs, but I like it. Good word smithery there. He highlights a exchange between Adam Gase, Google Eyes Gase as I call him, and his struggling young second-year quarterback Sam Darnold, he of the kissing disease fame, and talks about, you know, here it is. Let's put this ball in the end zone. Yeah. Okay? You get the ball in the second half. That's right. Okay? So listen, we got to reset right now. Come on. Absolutely. You got you. Okay? You're, you're, you know what to do. Yeah. All right? Just trust yourself. <laughs> of course, after that, the point that Teddy makes is that that exchange was interesting. But let's not overplay it. Well, here comes Tess. He's seeing ghosts, and he told us that, and his head coach can see it. He's trying to give him confidence and settle him down. Let's see how he performs here in this two-minute situation. I like the way he just spoke to him. As a 22-year-old quarterback, I thought that was appropriate right there. Third down and nine. All right, so that was his take on it. Writes Teddy, in the course of that exchange, Gase first reminded Darnold that the object of football is to bring the ball to the colorful triangle at the end of the field. Obvious, but, well, given the course of the game, a point worth reinforcing. Then Gase offered a stream of increasingly unhelpful non-guidance, as if Darnold could just zen meditate himself into properly reading the Patriots' defense. Oh, and if you could achieve self-actualization before the play clock expires, Sam, that would be a help. Thanks. Gase was serving thin soup, writes Teddy. Despite that, because of that, Tessator ate it up, magnifying the moment with an exactly wrong takeaway. I like the way he spoke to him. He enthused with a fatherly approval where any rational viewer who had seen a conversation between those two men facing doom instead would have seen something else. Tessator, he saw a Werther's original commercial. <laughs> His lay-it-on-thick compulsion does a disservice to the more winning moments of Monday Night Football's production, and there are enough of those. The beatbox guys who bumped back in with the theme to the Monday Night Football franchise were good. The substance of Darnold and Gase's chat was silly, but it was cool to at least listen in. That execution of Monday Night Mike was a strong 15 seconds. From the production crew, which may not sound like much, but those 15-second chunks are how live sports producers shape a broadcast. Agree, agree, agree. The trouble, writes Mr. Tetty, writing for the AV Club, is that Tessator in the booth, with Tessator in the booth, nothing can be a mere 15 seconds. It turns into 20, excuse me, 20, 
or 30 or more as Tessator embroiders every moment with a square of cross-stitched wisdom that we can hang above the toilet in the basement. That's brilliant writing. This habit is not just annoying, it's bad teamwork. By dispensing his treacle with no sense of proportion, Tessator makes Monday Night feel laborious, even when the production team has done the work to make it crisp. He makes each beat of the game support more of the broadcast's emotional energy than it is meant to support. Let Monday Night Mike be a killer 15 seconds. Segway, pivot, move on. Tessator is dedicated to huffing and puffing on the embers of Monday night's aura, and that's a big part of why he has his job. His misguided desperation to inflate small moments is an echo of Monday night's general desperation to seem bigger than it is. His schmaltz is a salve for the show's deepest insecurities. Without him, Monday night football might have to stop pretending. He goes on to say that when Monday Night Football analyst Booger McFarlane was relegated to the aforementioned Booger Mobile last year, I saw it as an indignity, he writes. This was mostly because it would be hard for anyone to look dignified in a Beverly Hillbillies jalopy made of television screens, let alone someone named Booger. But more to the point, Booger often chimed in with illuminating observations on key defensive plays. Given that Tessator and his 2018 booth partner, a cardboard cutout, of one Jason Witten. <laughs> Given that they had such dreadfully scant insight to offer, it felt unjust for Booger to be treated as the third wheel on wheels. He was the only one adding any substance to the telecast. And the piece goes on and on and on, and I would recommend reading it. It's at the avclub.com, uh, part of the uh, former Gawker universe, whatever. John Tetty, T-E-T-I, with the breakdown. He He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I still think in between all the treacle and the embroidered little squares of whatever to hang above the toilet, uh, above the, the huffing and the puffing and the dying embers of Monday Night Football's past importance, Tessator calls crisp, punchy plays. Are they too colorful for some? Yes. But they're on point and on the money. He inflects with the kind of emotion that I think we all have at home on the couch. He does not amble and miss big moments like Al Michaels does. And I think he's good. Is he Joe Buck good? No. He's not Joe Buck good. Is he Mike Tirico good? No. I'm still a Tirico 1, Buck 2, or maybe 1-1-A. And Nance would be a cut below that. And then you can slot Booger in. I'll put up with the treacle. I'll put up with the schmaltz. Al Michaels, I do not care for anymore. Hey, listen up. Past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? 
Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Hello. When I say 7.30, I mean 7.30. God bless Jake Cottrell for being punctual and ready to go at his appointed time. We're here for a good time, not a long time, right, Jay? So let's get to it. How are you, brother? Damn straight. I'm good. How are you? Good. Looking ahead to the end of our chat, do you have a fuck that guy for this week? Oh, God. Uh, let it marinate. Can... Let it marinate. Okay, I'll, I'll let it marinate, yeah. Okay, very good. You do have other things that you are dying to jump on because you listened yesterday to me and Charge talk about TV shows and my concept of wanting to earn a master's or even a doctorate, a PhD (laughs) in certain shows. Are you currently a doctorate in your mind in any shows? Go. Without a doubt, I have a PhD in... And friendsology and wire and wireology. Okay, very good. Friends and the wire, you consider yourself a PhD. I think what we're gonna have to do, Jay, is you and I have to set out sort of standards for a master's degree, which is still an advanced degree, but it's the lowest rung of an advanced degree, right? right. And then like a somebody, doctorate said, a doctorate even goes above it. So we need to set some ground rules on this. What do you think? If someone said, Jay, we'd like you to teach a course at a community college on Friends in the Wire, I wouldn't be nervous at all. I could go in cold <laughs> as ice and, and give a good eight-week course okay. on both. I think a master's degree in a show would mean you can recall virtually every episode, you can finish virtually every signature line, and you can also pretty much riff on all the nuances, details, and trivia of the show. I think for a doctorate, Jay, you have to go beyond that to know about how the show got greenlit, whether or not it was at risk of being canceled at any point, some of the interviews with the actors and actresses about how they felt about their characters, both while the show was going on and after the fact. Like, I'm talking deep dive, super nerdy shit if you're going to be called a PhD. Uh, I think I'm there. I think I'm there with both of them. Okay. All right. Let's... I, 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 I think I'm there with both of them, yes. All right. You've picked two, two uh, shows that are not in my wheelhouse. I have seen a smattering of friends, but not a whole lot. And I have seen a little tiny bit of the wire and that's a Wait disgrace. Wait a minute, you haven't seen you haven't seen the oh my I think I've rewatched the wire like four times. Uh there there's there's a couple things cutting against me when it comes to the wire. Number one is I need to take time to dig into it and and really dedicate myself because I'm prepared to do it. I want to do it. 
I know I'm sure I'll like it, but uh, I need to carve some. I don't want to half-ass it when I start watching it. To which you'll say, well, since it's already done now, don't worry about it. You'll start binging it because it's that good. Okay, fine. Secondly, I believe that show started in standard definition, right? Yeah, I yes. But they have it they have it in high def on HBO on demand. Do they really? Yes, they do. Okay. And they, they changed the aspect ratio. They kept a yes. sixteen by nine copy even though it was not yes, broadcast yes, in high they def. Did. Okay. Yes, well, good. they did. By the way, here's here's how good I am with the wire. I could take you on a wire reality tour and show you places on where they film. Yeah, I don't and, know. And, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that actually. And have a story. I, I don't know if that would be safe. <laughs> oh God. What? No. It. Even though one of the places just got uh, shot up uh, about oh, two weeks ago, I saw that in the news. Yeah. So you may be a little bit okay. right on some places. Are you saying that? Are you saying the wire reality tour in Baltimore doesn't even hit some of the most dangerous parts of the city? Oh, it does. No, no, no. Oh, okay. It does. Okay. No, it All does. Right. All right. It would be a daytime reality tour, right? <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be 9 o'clock in the morning. Would your would your, would your cop buddy come along with us? <laughs> I think I think yes. Okay. As a tour, as a tour guide, yes. Okay. Do you think I, – I don't know if they would even approve this. Do you think if I took a ride-along with a Baltimore police officer, do you think I would pee my pants in the back seat of the squad car? Uh, I did a ride along in PG County in about 2004 and, and, and there was an episode that I almost peed my pants and that's <laughs> PG County, not Baltimore city. Right. So yeah, ride, ride alongs are, I mean, they're good. You know, you go around here, Hey, Hey. And on like the second call of the night, my buddy, Jimmy goes, this could be good. He flips the, he flips the light Woo! on. Yeah, and we go to this apartment complex, and there is a dead body in the oh, middle. My yes, God. and I I will I remember this because we laugh about this all the time. So there's a lady who's like she's like I'm a nurse, I'm a nurse. She's doing CPR, and Jimmy says, "You can stop, lady. He ain't gonna need it anymore." Oh, yes. Boy. So I sat there with them. It was like three hours. Like wow. they had to rope it off. It was a crime scene. Now yeah. it was wild. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so as far as the two shows go, uh, yes. talk to me about your doctorate in the fr- in Friends, not The Friends, in Friends. Because I've seen, okay, uh, a, f- a friend of yours and I, Mark Stern, yesterday he was uh, I was talking to him, and he was saying that when he edits the Tony Kornheiser podcast during the day, he watches Friends, uh, the reruns on TBS. Huh. And he started to tell me about this episode. He goes... Hey, what was the episode, the one where they played the uh, the trivia game? I go, oh, that's the one with the five embryos. That's what it's called. He was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I was like, I've seen everyone like seven times, Mark. Right. I know almost every episode, like the good ones and the bad ones. Like the Jason Alexander one where he was selling, uh, where Phoebe was uh, selling him toner. That's one of the bad ones. Like, did, you, did, you see the, did you see Family Guy on Sunday? Uh, oh, you, I missed it. Do you I watch? Do you watch Family Guy? I catch Family Guy when I can. There's a, there's a new show. That oh I, boy! Uh, wait a minute. There's a new uh, a new show. Don't say Family Bob's Guy. Burgers. No, not Bob's Burgers. It's it's about a redneck family. It looked kind of funny. Oh, I caught like twenty minutes of it. 
It's a cartoon, right? Yes, a cartoon, because I miss Family Guy. So, uh, but this came on. Called Bless the Hearts. There you go. A little bit funny. Okay. All right, a little bit funny. Well, Family Guy. Family Guy. Family yes. Guy on Sunday did a whole send-up of Friends. Oh, were they making fun of it? <laughs> yes, they were. <laughs> they were making fun of the fact that originally in that fountain dance, there was like eight friends. <laughs> And it was like more like I, I forget was there in that fountain dance that was iconic. Wasn't there a monkey in Friends early on? Uh, Marceau, yes, he was Ross's monkey. Yes. How long did he last? I, he lasted one season, then they shipped him off. By the way, a little nerdy trivia: Ross or, or David Schwimmer hated the working with the monkey. Really? And he had to work with the monkey for like a whole season. He hated the monkey. All right. Yes. You, you need to go and 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 find a copy. And find for, okay. You got to <laughs> You as a friend's doctorate. See, this is if you're going to claim PhD status, you have to watch all of the f- subsequent send-ups like Family Guy riffing on Friends. Cuz there's okay. a lot of Easter eggs in there like Peter Griffin saying, "And we begged Monica not to get Botox." Oh yeah! Towards the end, like season season six and seven, right? She got Botox and was like, "Oh!" Like there are seasons where you go, Phoebe was kind of hot this season. Rachel or Jennifer Aniston hot all the way through, right? It was all lost her fan. Yeah, it was also a tribute to the '90s, so they kept bringing up '90s things, '90s bands. Uh, It was quite funny, as many Family Guy episodes are. And at one point in the Friends send up, Peter, who was one of the friends, was like. Yeah, nobody knew what we did. Something business, yada, yada. Okay, anyway, about Rachel. <laughs> so wait, so wait, you said, though, I heard you said The Sopranos. Is it Deadwood or The Sopranos? Which one are you more apt in? Uh, probably, probably Deadwood because it's only three seasons, so it's easier to digest, and I have rewatched most of it. Uh, Sopranos, I started down the road of rewatching it during the non-football awfulness of the calendar, which will <laughs> soon be upon us, Jay. <laughs> I think you can start now as a Redskins fan. Oh, Just shit, yeah. Watch. Absolutely. Just don't watch. Just don't watch. And I, and I actually started taking notes on each episode, but uh, I know there's Wikipedia entries that have detailed descriptions so of the, of the episodes. How many I mean, am I into? I don't. I don't yeah. remember now. See, I don't. Oh, I don't, you started thinking. Whatever spiral, you're a nerd. Whatever spiral, <laughs> no, whatever spiral <laughs> notebook I had that I was writing down notes about Sopranos episodes is long gone. Who knows? Oh my god, you're fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> what? This is what it takes to get a doctorate. You got to study. You got to put in the work. You can't just talk shit like, "Oh, I'm a doctorate in this." <laughs> okay. <laughs> you need to put in the work. Okay. Here's a here, here's here's the question. Okay. So there was like two. Uh, what was the name of the rapper that wanted Tony and and uh, Hesh? Oh, hey. yeah, he yeah the rapper who was tra- you know Hesh was repping him and his record label. Yes, I don't remember the name of it though, but I remember the party they were at once, which was wild. Uh, okay, and and I love Hesh said uh, I can tell a hit song within three seconds if this ain't because remember Adriana uh, had a band. Yes, and I can't. Yes. And yes. she yes, and she wanted uh, Hesh to uh, Rep him. produce them, right. right? And then Christopher did, and then beat the guy up and, and, and gave him heroin <laughs> yes, to make him exactly. to make it. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I think I think the uh, the low point of the Sopranos was the storyline of Christopher trying to become a movie director, 
and he came up with the movie Cleaver, which was, was his take was on, on Saw. On Tony. Yeah. Right. And it was like the body regenerates itself from one dumpster to another and picks up a cleaver and goes and terrorizes people who killed him and chopped him up. And then they went out to Hollywood and they ended up stealing the gift bag of, I forget who it was, the, the celebrity, some older woman. Lauren Bacall. Ah, Lauren yes. Bacall. Exactly. Right. Uh, and now, there was it, there was the Yule Brenner uh, cameo, I believe. Was it Yule Brenner? Oh, no, no. Um, 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 ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. Thank you. Not he, Yule Brenner. He, yeah, Ben Kingsley. He, he tried to. He scared Ben Kingsley into not doing it. Right. It was. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh. I, I think I think that's the one sour note that the Sopranos hit that whole vibe and that whole angle. It just I'm like, OK, whatever. But hey, every great the, show. It wasn't the, was the dream sequence with what was his what was oh. his name? Uh, the dream sequence when he was on peyote, right? No, when the, he... the dream sequence when he was shot. Oh, and right. He had a he had a different name, and he had, he was like an insurance salesman or something, and he was at a conference that whole season. And I, that whole season was just I don't that was awful. I don't mind dream sequences if they're used judiciously in a series because this simple reason: we all have dreams, and they are all fucked up. For example, I dreamt the other night, Jay that I had agreed to some celebrity boxing match. And I was right there about to have to take my shirt off, put on some headgear, and step into a ring and have some guy punch me to the ground, punch me into submission, because I knew I was not going to be the one standing. And I was like, why did I fucking agree to this? Actual dream woke me up in the middle of the night. This is what happens when you drink whiskey and anything. Yes, yeah, whiskey, yes. gummy bears, and fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, that's probably pretty good if you put gummy bears in whiskey and then eat them later. I suppose that could be it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. No, you're right. Off, yeah, that's just shooting off stuff. No, you're I'll right. call Sarge and ask him. I'm sure he's done it. All right. <laughs> All right, Alabama, LSU. Any thoughts? Oh. Uh, great game. Uh, people, I. But here's the thing. Uh, for years, it was LSU has no quarterback. They had Jarvis Landry and OBJ at the same fucking time. And couldn't make a ham fucking win. sandwich out of it. Right, oh, Zach, right. Met- Zach Mettenberger, he's good. No, he's straight shit. Yeah. Jordan Jefferson, he sucks too. <laughs> right. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Paraloo, he sucks oh, too. Oh, God. <laughs> but I mean, but that game was great, but. I keep hearing about how, you know, how great uh, LSU did. They, they gave up 41 points. It wasn't like they smacked – they didn't smack Alabama around like no. everybody thinks they did. They, no. gave up a 40, they gave up a 40 spot. So They did, and, and Alabama committed some ghastly and uncharacteristic mistakes. Blocked punt, uh, blown assignments. I mean, they, they played like the worst half they could. And Tua clearly was not himself. So tonight, and it's not going to make the podcast. It's happening right now. I don't have the TV on. Or it'll happen in 15 minutes. They will give the second installment of the college football rankings. They'll be five or four. Well, that's a, well. If they're four, it's an outrage. Uh, Clemson has to creep up into four spots. Yeah, they have to. How bad was it for ABC to have to show NC State and Clemson? I on know. Saturday, they had nothing. They had nothing else, and I'm like watching it, going, "Okay, it's the one featured game on." And oh shit, NC State's getting killed. 
All right. I'd rather seen Army versus whoever. I know. Anthony Jennings was an LSU quarterback as well. Uh, I don't Brand- remember him. Brandon Harris. Oh, Danny Etling. Remember him? No. I do. I do. I just. <laughs> I just remember the, the three that I made. Uh, the three that I LSU starting quarterbacks of the last decade: Jordan Jefferson, Zach Mettenberger, Anthony Jennings, Brandon Harris, Danny Etling, and now Joe Burrow. Okay, wow. And it, they could not beat. It was ten seven, twelve. They God, they were got awful on offense, but the defense. Remember the Honey Badger, how great he was? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's what they had on the defensive side of the ball. Honey Badger Religiously. No. How about the fact that someone said that the game eight years ago between LSU and Alabama, the one that was 9-6 final, 43 players in that game ended up being drafted or making an NFL roster. 43 guys. That still is one of the best football games I've ever seen. Even though, like even though it was low scoring, huh? Even though it was low scoring, it, it goes—it's right up there with USC uh, and Texas to me, because that was—it was just—it was, was like fighting in a telephone booth. Yeah, uh, twenty seventeen LSU Tigers and the pros. DJ Shark, second rounder, went to the Jaguars. He's cutting it up. Geis, who's been injury yeah. riddled, has <laughs> he got forty yards in the season yet? Shut your mouth. Uh, <laughs> Tre'Davious White went in twenty sixteen in the first or twenty seventeen in the first round with Jamal Adams and Leonard Fournette. Uh, Jalen Mills went in the seventh round in 2016. Uh, let's see other first rounders. Uh, it's been a while. Daniil Hunter was a third round pick out of LSU. Quan Alexander. Um, Jarvis Landry. Yeah, that was the uh, that the 2014 team. Here we go. Ready? Odell Beckham Jr. drafted 12th overall. Defensive tackle Ego Ferguson. Oh my God! I've never heard of that guy. I've His name never is heard of him. Either. Ego, E G O. That's great. It's Ego. Need to be slapped for that name. Uh, running back Jeremy Hill to the Bengals. Jarvis Landry went then next second round to the Dolphins. Uh, Trey Turner guard went to the Panthers. He's still Remember, a productive yeah, NFL still, yes, player. Yes, he is. Uh, Zach Mettenberger went to the Titans in the sixth round, and that was Stinks. pretty much it. Stink, stank, stunk. The year before that, the 2013 team featured Honey Badger, Eric Reed, Barkevius Mingo, and uh, Spencer Ware, who's still in the league. So Spencer guys, Ware is still, is still in the league, yes. Yeah, I think it's studs. Patrick Peterson was a 2011 guy. So finally, uh, LSU is good. We'll see. Can they win the championship this year? Will they win the championship this year? I don't know how good Ohio State is yet. Uh, we'll find out. I will. F- we'll find out soon. So, all these teams are gonna have. Well, they're gonna have a. Well, will they have a loss? I think they'll beat Michigan. Yeah. Um, Colin Kaepernick is gonna get an NFL sponsored rodeo I tryout. This that, was announced yes. just today. What? Where do you stand on that? Because it is remarkable. The NFL said they are sponsoring this sort of open tryout for him. They will provide video and a transcript of interviews with him for any team that might be interested. Kaepernick and his agent have said that he's been working out five days a week for three years straight, hoping to get back on an NFL roster, and nobody is calling him. Is this an NFL edict, Jay, to say, listen, someone's going to have to step up and sign him, or we're going to step in and force somebody quietly behind the scenes? You don't think this is his agent 
uh, pushing all these chips into the center, like NFL put up or shut up, you know, all these where there's no collusion here. Well, this is the put up or shut up now. So this way the NFL can go, look, we did all we could. Right. Yes. We, we held an open rodeo for him and he still couldn't get hired. Yes. The, which the irony I, is kneeling is so dead now. Even Michael Bennett isn't kneeling anymore. Did you see that? I think, yes, I saw that. He's with the Cowboys. I just shook my head. Yeah, I'm like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I think that somebody takes a flyer on him. Somebody who who looks at the uh, success of the Baltimore Ravens and says, I think we need something like this just in case. Uh, Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I've said this for a while. I've said said for sure. Look. I have a term that uh, we, we we coined today. Tell me if you like it. It's whenever the league tips past 16 starters going down with injury in a given year. So in other words, half the league, 32 teams, 32 starting quarterbacks to start the year. Once we get to 16 teams who have had to go to a backup due to injury, even for just a week, we have entered what I call the McCown zone. <laughs> The, the McCown, McCown zone. The McCown <laughs> zone is like the Mendoza line in baseball, named after Mario Mendoza, the light hitting shortstop Pirates. of the Pittsburgh Pirates back in the day, who failed to hit above 200. And it was a teammate. <laughs> Tom Pachorik was credited as the guy who came up with the term the Mendoza line. <laughs> so I'm going to be the guy that comes up with what I call the McCown zone because there are two McCowns that have rattled around as less-than-ideal backup-caliber quarterbacks who are Josh, forced into starting. Josh and Cade? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> so we're in the McCown zone now because with Stafford's back going haywire, I broke my back, it's broken, and Jeff Driscoll starting, we're now oh. past 16. We're either at 16 teams or at least – we're past it by one. So we're in the McCown zone right now. So of course Kaepernick should be getting a look see from somebody. I think you're I think you're going to get credit for the McCown zone. Okay. I think you. you're going to get credit for that. Let me let me add a, a quick question off topic. Where are you on uh Dan Orlovsky? I liked him at first, but as with anything ESPN touches, it often goes to shit. Because they run them through the car wash too much. They infuse them into too many day parts, too many stupid did so, did not facts versus volume argument shows. And you quickly start to weary. You're weary. You quickly start to become weary of a guy. So that's where I stand on him overall. What about you? Well, I was watching the other day they on the on the dais, they had Oh God! What's the uh, the linebacker from uh, the Dallas Cowboys? Bobby Carpenter from Ohio State. Okay. Orlowski and Mark Sanchez. So I'm like, wait a minute! You got the guy who ran out of the end zone and the butt fumble, fumble, right? As your guy, and I was like, you can't have these two guys on your network as insiders. Yeah. Well, guess what? They also had Tim Hasselbeck, the less talented of the Hasselbeck <laughs> brothers. Married well though. Married well. He did marry well. Who he married that survivor winner who's hot? Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Oh, right. Now of the view, of course. What was no her... longer on the view, but just still hot, I'm guessing. She uh, left the view like years ago, but yeah. she's still very pretty. What does she do now? I don't think I know she works for Fox at some at some point. 
She's very right wing. Uh, do you know, is she very right wing or is she just plain conservative? Jay. Oh, let me take that back. She's very, <laughs> conser- she's very conservative. Okay. I will take that back. Okay. She's very conservative or just conservative? Yes. Oh, super conservative. Yes. Why super? Oh, you should. You, you, some of her stances are like, whoa, what? You got to. So, so are the rest of the Yentas on The View super liberal? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. Like Whoopi and Joy, super, super okay. liberal. All right, super. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you five bucks if you can name her maiden last name. Elizabeth Hasselbeck, formerly reality contestant winner of Survivor. In Can't do it. Five. Elizabeth Falarski. Oh my God! I would have never. I would have. You don't remember her? That. Yeah. No. Falarsky. No. Yeah. Uh, she was. Uh, she rose to prominence on the second season of American, the American version of Survivor. Finished yeah. in fourth place. Fourth place. <laughs> and don't even ask me who won. I guess I would never. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah. Okay. So. So, yeah, so Tim Hasselbeck, who was on TV for ESPN for maybe he still is on the roster, I don't know. His claim to fame was he posted a Blutarski quarterback rating under Steve Spurrier, a literal 0.0 quarterback rating or passer rating. That means you complete no passes. Passer rating. I, I forget what he did that day. Let me look it up. But you have a Blutarski quarterback rating guy butt fumble guy, run out of the end zone guy. You're right. It's not a great look, but sometimes the best quarterbacks, Dan Marino, make shitty television hosts. That's very true. But then they also have Rex Ryan running his yapper. And I'm like, there's a reason why you're not, you don't have a job, Rex. You weren't a good coach. Oh, this is great. Wikipedia list of NFL quarterbacks who have posted a passer rating of zero. <laughs> it's a longer list than you would think. Wait, oh, oh, God, who would? Geno Smith got to be on that list, right? Ah, uh, survey says no. Oh, wow, shocking. Okay. There, there's a name on this list that will shock you when I tell it to you, and it's not Chris Redman of the Atlanta Falcons. In a thirty-seven to three loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of Louisville fame. Yes, uh, Redmond was fifteen of thirty-four with two interceptions. Oh no, 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 no! Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on! I'm reading the columns wrong. Okay, uh, you're like fifteen to thirty-four. That's a pretty good day for some chumps. Uh, Redmond in posting a zero point zero was four for fifteen for thirty-four yards, two interceptions. Ooh. Rex Grossman did it for the Bears in 06 in a loss to the Packers, 26-7, 2 for 12, 33 yards, 3 pickles. Ooh. The most recent guy to do it was one Nathan Peterman. Oh, well, that's not, that, that's not shocking. For the Buffalo Bills against the Ravens last year in early September, a 47-3 loss. Peterman was 5 for 18 for 24 yards, Two picks and got gacked in the second or in the third quarter. Pulled from the game. Here's the name that will shock you. Peyton Manning. Uh Uh-huh. Was it it, it Denver Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning in Denver against the Kansas City Chiefs, November 15th, 2015. Five for 20, 35 yards, four interceptions. Oh, my God. Good God. 
29 to 13 loss. Oh. And you know who else put up a 0.0? His brother, Elihu James Manning. <laughs> New York Giants against the Ravens. Uh, Eli was 4 for 18 for 27 and 2 interceptions. The uh, Hasselbeck 0.0 was in a 27 to nothing loss to the Cowboys in 03 with the Redskins under Spurrier. Hasselbeck was 6 for 26 with four interceptions. <laughs> speaking speaking of Eli, they were showing best Simpsons moments, sports moments, and they showed the one where uh Cooper or Eli and and uh Peyton make fun of Cooper Manning. Yeah, I like that My, one. Uh, God, it was funny. Yeah. I I figured you've seen that one. Uh, before we get to uh, I'm so done. Before we get to I got I so dumb. I'm so done with for you today. By the way, I brought that back on the afternoon show in D.C. Oh, Solomon must have just hated that. Of course you did. Yes, of course. Oh. Yeah, it, it meant a little bit of extra work for him. So of course he hated it. And it's your concept. You're the <laughs> one that. Yeah. Just like I invented the McCown zone, and Tom yes. Pachork invented the Mendoza line. Jake Cottrell invented I'm so I'm done so- with. Thank you. Okay. Got a few here. You ready? Okay. I'm so done with having to wait for a butcher to get me a piece of steak from behind the glass. Just put it out. <laughs> put it out in a wrapper. I'll put it in a bag. We'll be out on our way. I'm so done with kitschy shout-outs during the National Anthem, like when Orioles fans say, oh, or Caps Ooh. fans say, red. I think it's disrespectful. Ooh. I'm so done with playing two anthems when Canadian teams come to the States, and vice versa. You play the anthem of the country you're in, and that's it. We're done. Sorry. You get one. I'm so done with the Joe Tessitore hate, even though I did kind of say he was he sucked. You want so me and Scott, me and Scott Leonard on the island then on that. You want sleepy? You want sleepy Brad Nessler? He can have him or Dower like Sean Brad McDonough. Oh. Hey, sleepy. Okay, all right. I'm so done with Skip Bayless pretending to be upset when the Cowboys lose. Yeah, oh, wait. Oh, Shannon. Really quickly, there's- Shannon, I'm you know my Cowboys. They didn't get it done. Shut Rumor up. Rumor that he may he and Stephen A may uh, come back together. Well, that'd his be great. Contracts, uh, his contracts up in 2020. So in other words, instead of one eight million dollar a year hot takeist, yeah, because I have two. Double yeah. it. Yeah. Why would you put that much money in one day part, whose ratings are going to hit the ceiling at about a three share, no matter what you do? Why? How? I- Again, they just don't want to rumor. I'm sorry. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm also so done with Bayless pretending to have a grudge against Kawhi Leonard. I'm so done with him pretending to have been an all-state point guard in high school. I'm just so done with him. I'm done with terrible audio quality on customer service calls to phone companies. When I call Verizon, <laughs> you fuckers should have the clearest connection i've ever heard in my life instead it sounds like shit have you no pride come on step it up i'm so done with needing to wear reading glasses i'm so done pretending that the notch in my belt i use has always been the notch i've been using and it's not one lower and i'm so done with setting and breaking arbitrary start dates for my fitness and diet regimen like i'll do it the first of the month i'll do it after this trip i'll do it after that holiday i'll do it after tuesday which is today yeah you're not gonna do it yeah. Anything you're so done with before we get to fuck that guy? Oh, God. No. Okay. Not really. Not really. Anything to but add before, have, anything to add before fuck, fuck that guy? 
Anything just to to riff about? You want to talk about this kid at Memphis who may or may not have gotten eleven thousand dollars? James Weissman. Yeah, I don't. Did did Penny give him money? I don't. That's the allegation. High school. Yeah, I don't. I I got to hear more about this one to really understand the whole thing. But woman, I do love the the uh, the backstory with the uh, uh, Chase Young in Maryland. Uh, oh, tell, that do is tell. juicy. So Chase Young, all all American stud defensive lineman from Ohio State, who by the way, uh, along with um, Dwayne Haskins, committed to Maryland and then decommitted. Right. From yes. where? From Dematha. Right in D.C. So just in people DC. don't know. You didn't say where are they from in the D.C. I'm area? Sorry, yeah. Well, Haskins went to uh, the rich, the Richie Rich School. Bullis. Bullis. Uh, Chase Young went to Damascus, so they both. But where are they uh, from? From where did they grow up? What town? I know in, Maryland. is from PG County. Okay, I do. I do know that. So, uh, so they decommitted, and after he got the whistle blown on him, the rumor is, I'm not saying the head coach of Maryland called the NCAA, but somebody oh. in Maryland, somebody <laughs> at Maryland called the NCAA and said. Hey, this guy may have taken some money. Wow. Uh, Chase Young is from Cheltenham, Maryland. Oh, uh, Rick Rick Chill is from Cheltenham. Oh, our friend Chiller. Old Cheltenham. That's, Chiller. That's, his, that's his hood. Yeah. Chiller from Cheltenham. That's okay. right. That's his area. Yeah. Well, they are uh, they are 51 and a half point favorites against Rutgers, Ohio State, without Chase Young, still on suspension. And, I don't think they'll need him for at least two or three weeks. And they covered the shit out of 41 and a half or 42 and a half last week against Maryland. How about that? Back-to-back weeks, Ohio State whooping up on the two cable company additions to the Big Ten Conference. It's, Rutgers, it's, it, Rutgers and Maryland, they are a combined 90-point favorites in back-to-back weeks. I would bet anything they'll cover both those spreads. It's like two preseason games for you. Big time, yeah. And and then the money still spends for adding those two markets, DC and New York, into the Big Ten universe. Do you feel like we're a part of the Big Ten? Still no. The only thing we're good in is women's basketball and uh, men's soccer. We're a stranger. We're a stranger in a strange land, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. With that said, here we go. Get it ready. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Okay, Jay, who do you got this week? Actually, I do. You you made me uh, think of something. So Monday, I had a little uh, problem with the toilet. You know the the <laughs> water valve. Yeah. The water valve. I had to replace it, and I had to go to the hardware store. I go to Ace Hardware because. I like the one-on-one rather than going to Great the big name. Great customer service. They actually know the difference between a toggle bolt and a lag screw. Yes, yes. But the guy who helped me, he made me feel like a fucking idiot asking me, well, do you have this? Do you have this? No, that's why I came here. <laughs> I don't know this shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I, I got it. I was starting to get a little... I started to go, you know what? I'll go to Home Depot. <laughs> he was he was hardware shaming you? Was he like He was hard he was hardware shaming me, yes. Wow. He was like, Well you got a you got a flincer wrench? Yeah, no, no, I don't right, have one of those. Right, Why would I have right. one of those? 
Well, but, you need a Flenser right. wrench, otherwise uh, you're not going to be able to get that uh, that gasket in there. Right, right. You have a you have a loopy tie. No, <laughs> I don't have one of those. No, no. Yeah. Right. Well, you know the Jenkins ring is the one that fits over that, and if you don't get that wrench in there, it's not going to fit right. Well, I don't know any of this shit. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You know what? Call Roto Rooter instead. Well, Stop trying to play it, plumber in your now. spare time. Oh, good. It works now. So, but still, I don't like being shamed. To the guy at the hardware store at Ace Hardware, be helpful. Don't be a shamer. And to you, Jay says, "Fuck that guy." Hard not to sing along. All right, my fuck that guy for the week. It's a it's sort of an annual one, sort of like a Christmas special, because it is the time now. He is a guy who you'll be hearing a lot of over the next four months. He's considered the preeminent college basketball analyst in the land for ESPN. Jay Billis is his name. He is a failed lawyer, former player at Duke. Jay Billis is smarter than he comes off because he knows he's being intellectually dishonest about certain things regarding paying players. I believe he is ashamed deep down of the fact he probably makes $3 million or more just to call these games by students who don't get paid at all. And so that guilt is then washed clean by his ardent and unrelenting stance of, pay the players. There's lots of money. It'll be fine. And he doesn't ever want to engage in genuine argument He just wants to throw his bombs on Twitter and then go run and hide. So just once again, because it's that time of year, to Jay Billis and his rants about the NCAA and paying players, fuck that guy! His His analysis of games is excellent, and I do appreciate that. But his commentary on the overall state of the college game, I think, is uh, dishonest. Former first team on Fox uh, guest. I know. A lot of guys were there. All right, Jay, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. See you next week. Bye-bye. All right, we'll end on this today. Don Cherry is out on Hockey Night in America. You knew it was coming, and you knew that cancel culture was going to claim another one. Obviously, I think what was fatal to Don Cherry, first of all, of course it's bullshit. I mean, there was nothing racist or xenophobic per se in what he said other than just, hey, immigrants to Canada ought to be more appreciative of our fallen soldiers. Therefore, you should buy poppies to wear on your lapel or to put in your yard or whatever. Of course, it didn't come off that way. And of course, people heard the dog whistles of racism when he said, you people, you people who come here and like our way of life, you like, you enjoy our milk and honey. You need to show more support for our troops. The thing is, the you people included a lot of white Europeans that actually have you know, immigrated to Canada. Now, immigration is the one topic that is super important to any society, any culture, any country. And it is a very complicated issue. It has a lot of layers, and there are ugly elements of it, no question about it. Fear of others is one of the great ingrained fears in any organized society going back to caveman days. So you have to constantly be vigilant of, do I am I against maybe this because I'm afraid of another type of person or culture or even just a look or a skin tone or a tradition? Or am I legitimately not happy with policies that our country is maybe pursuing about how much immigration do we need? 
from what countries, who gets in, who doesn't, what about those who are already here, and on and on and on and on. How much government help is going to be given? These You can't have a public discussion about any of this because you're too quickly branded a racist, a xenophobe, somebody horrible, a bigot like Don Cherry was, branded as such. And I'm not here to say whether he was or whether he wasn't. I'm just saying it's a pretty tame thing, what he said, essentially to get fired. But I do believe what was fatal was him pointing his finger and the you people. It's, I think, like in the movie... Uh, Tropic Thunder, which probably couldn't be made today, which really stepped in some stereotypes and some tropes and some jokes about things where, you know, Robert Downey Jr. dresses up as a black soldier in blackface and he gets offended, even though he's in blackface, at people saying to him, you people, hey, what you mean by you people? But Don Cherry is 85 years old. He was bound to retire at some point anyway, but... At least good for him, he did not back down, did not apologize, did not say, okay, I understand how I may have hurt some people's feelings. If he had just said, without the you people, without the pointy, if he had just said, you know, we have a lot of immigrants coming to Canada and they're settling in, they want to live here because they like our way of life, they like our people, they like the milk and honey, and of course the hockey and the curling. I believe, I I am dismayed at few at how few poppies I'm seeing that carry on the tradition of of remembering our fallen soldiers who helped protect this country and helped make it great. And I believe we all should do more to remember, and especially those who are new to the country ought to do the same. Had he said it just like that, he'd have been fine. It was the you people, it was the pointing, and it was the fact he singled out Toronto, which is the most multicultural of cities, that got him in trouble. But he was bound to retire at some point anyway. All I ask is this. So what do we win now? What societal ill is solved by Don Cherry being removed from Hockey Night in Canada? And what comes next now? Because if this is the new bar for sensitivity, the next bar is going to be almost by definition even lower. And how does this help public debate and discourse about important things to a society? And more importantly, was there any other intermediate measure they could have done? a suspension, a public rebuke, or anything of the nature. I don't know. Maybe they said, look, if you just apologize, we'll only suspend you and it'll be a week and we'll be done with it. And maybe you said, no, I can't, I won't. Oh, well. I got Don Cherry's Rock'em Sock'em Hockey, Volumes 1 and 2, back in the late 80s on VHS, and they were fantastic. And he would have open disdain for anyone in the NHL not Canadian, mostly Russians and Swedes. And he would goof on their silly little Jofa helmets, and he would make fun of you know the way they played, and I loved it. Was that xenophobic? Was that awful that he goofed on a bunch of Swedes because he was a proud Canadian old-school hockey coach? I don't think so. Times have a changed and not for the better. That will do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening, downloading, subscribing, being loyal, spreading the word. Make sure to review and like and comment on the Apple Podcast page. Believe me, the algorithm loves it. It's like tickling a dog's belly. And I really appreciate it from you guys very much. Have a great Tuesday, or whatever Tuesday you want to have, or Wednesday, which it is now, and I will see you next time.
Hey, listen up, past, present, and future MyBookie players. During Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give all your money back. It is a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Crazy, right? It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet on sports but have a lot of questions? Don't sweat it. My bookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process. And the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week coming up, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Root for your team this year, but get in on the action and hop on the gravy train with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid.